Chapter Seventeen of Lift Luck on Southern Roads by Tickner Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Start in the Cold. The meadow where our van had brought up for the night lay a little to the west of the village. My first view of King Somborne by daylight, therefore, was obtained as I passed through it going as usual eastward after taking reluctant leave of my kindest of hosts there was a freezing wind half a gale perhaps blowing from the north and though the sun shone it was but intermittently its colourless beams piercing here and there the high white vapours that drove across the sky whether it was due to the cheerless light or the harrying ill-humour of the blast or the fact that i was once more turning my back on a new one but already valued friendship i did not pause to inquire i am willing now to believe that these alone were to blame for it but king somborne by no means favourably impressed me it seemed an arid glum cold-hearted place its one serpentine thoroughfare was too wide giving to the houses on the two sides of the way an air of being on only distant terms of acquaintanceship beside the parish church several small places of worship variously labelled stood at different points in the street indicating a more subtle disrelationship i turned up my coat collar buried my cold hands deep in my pockets and trudged on deciding that king somborne lacked the humane pull-together spirit was inclined to cliques and petty variances and was a place to get out of in such a mood and on such a morning with all convenient speed a mile or so beyond the village i overtook a cart piled high with babbins a dark and melancholy load on the top of the brushwood lay the driver with his chin in his two fists and a tobacco pipe sticking out between them i could see no more of him for his big slouch hat by this time i had walked myself into a glow of mind as well as body and had got back something of the old wayfaring spirit as i passed under the rustling cargo of babbins i sheltered up the usual word of greeting and would have gone on but the cart stopped an unshaven jolly face looked down upon me what say mister i said it was a rough morning oh ah i see i thought as ye wanted farley money mint farley what the money mint that there atop of farley hill as the folks comes so fur to see what sort of folk he looked me over rather disdainfully ah well not your sort in general but tis a grand sight for them as knows summat what is there to see then see 
he gazed dreamily over the landscape for a moment ah i believe ye never northern like it afore and never again i'll lay but won't you tell me about it why is there a monument there he took his pipe from his mouth and pointed it at me impressively tis no good talkin on it ye must see it for yourself now i be goin there along git up mister and welcome lay hold o that there rope now one foot on the shaft and t'other on the foreboard so tis give me a hand sharp sticks ay and there ye be comfortable as a king on a castle go on jerry i lay down upon my buttons in imitation of the babbin man in fact it was the only safe posture on that swaying trembling height then i found it difficult to hold my head up without support so i got my fists under my chin as he was doing the strong cold wind threatened to bear my cap away i had to pull it over my eyes from that to the pipe was an easy and natural transition so there were a pair of us voyaging down the hampshire lane a fellow feeling making him at least wondrous kind but i could not extract another word as to the monument mystery he parried all questions with the same good-humoured shrug and wave of his pipe obviously he had a sense of the dramatic and wished the revelation whatever it might be to come on me with all the telling force of a surprise jerry toiled up a steep lane with us into a village which the babbin man told me was ashley a little bevy of comfortable human nests all deep in the wild wood and lowered us gently down the farther hillside the road got narrower the deeper we went a grassy track sprang up in its centre the surrounding country took on an unkempt backward-like appearance a ragged out-at-elbows beauty such as i had met with nowhere else a peculiar feature of the road was its straightness it took rise and hollow with the same direct imperturbability going right ahead towards a steep hill as though it would gather impetus for the climb i did not know it then but afterwards i learned that this was one of the ancient roman thoroughfares the work of a people whose every thought and act seemed to have run in straight lines at the foot of the hill however the road threw off a side stalk and here the babbin man stopped he was in quite a glow of exhilaration look ye now said he this here be my way and that yawn you keeps along first top of the hill and you goes through that there little small copse place and when you comes out on pit down why there tis right afore your eyes he lowered me down the scratchy sides of the babbin pile chuckling richly all the time 
as i went up the hill i could hear the same fat chuckles behind me and just before i got to the trees he shouted something which i could not catch he shouted it again where chalk pit i looked about for pitfalls but there was nothing of the kind whereupon he sent up to me a final bellowing laugh and drove off with a sense that i was being made the butt of some local jest i pushed on through the little wood and out upon pit down there was the monument sure enough it was a sharp pointed pyramidal thing about twenty feet high standing on a round grassy knoll like a prehistoric tumulus this itself forming the summit of the highest part of the down drawing nearer i could see that there was some sort of inscription on the pyramid and coming nearer still this is what i read underneath lies buried a horse the property of paulet sinjan esq that in the month of september seventeen thirty three leaped into a chalk pit twenty-five feet deep a fox-hunting with his master on his back and in october seventeen thirty four he won the hunter's plate on worthy downs and was rowed by his owner and entered in the name of beware chalk pit pit down was a bleak and barren and lonely spot the north wind careered over the green waste of it hissing like surf in the dry grass bents underfoot my curiosity as to the monument was soon satisfied and i turned my back on it making off down the road with head aslant in the fierce crosswind but the day was gradually bettering the sky was clearer there were quick sharp bursts of sunshine now and again and the birds were plucking up heart to sing i covered perhaps a couple of miles of that undeviating roman track and then tired of the strife of the wind resolved to give up the fight for a little while here the hedgerow was dense and high i sat down under the lee of it mopped the tears from my cheeks and got out my largest and most consolatory pipe it was wonderful what a difference the thick holly hedge made the wind charged overhead like a regiment of cavalry but below i sat in almost perfect calm in addition to this the sun now swam into a clear space of blue and struck down on me with a generous warmth cheer up it seemed to say it is only november for all it is so cold and if you begin to shrivel up now at the first unkind breath what will you do when winter comes and there is really something to complain about i have no patience with you mortals you have no more heart now than a nightingale i remember the time when you went barefoot in half a goatskin and there wasn't a wind in heaven that could daunt you but nowadays 
you swaddle yourselves inches thick in wool all the year round and shiver to death every time a bit of cloud gets in my eye the fact is you don't fight enough that was the way men used to warm themselves and each other in the brave old days and there is nothing like it properly done but you moderns make even fighting a dead cold business once upon a time it was hard hot work killing at the end of it killer and killed were about equally out of breath but in these silk mitten times you must stand two miles off and slay your man with the wag of a finger no wonder you think it a vain and unsatisfying world i had no quarrel with the world myself by then sitting in the snug hedgerow shelter regaling on the two best things in life tobacco and sunshine to my soul's content up in my green chimney-top the wind roared harmlessly on the road before me the leaves twirled by on edge there was a glimpse of distant violet dell and wood and clustered cottage easily in my range of view for the trouble of a little neck craning and every moment a lark got up in the fallows behind me singing as though it were an april day i felt a little ashamed of my late want of sturdiness as i listened the world was still full of the sunbeams that had soaked into it all the summer through this was only a cold snap in early november and well the larks knew it they had not silenced their merry pipe though at the first chill floor i was as mute as a moulting owl and now in a break of the lark music there was borne to my ear another kind of singing i looked down the road and beheld a man striding along a ragged man with a basket on his back and long hair and beard blown about by the wind he had his arms behind him and his eyes in the sky and was chanting a wild weird melody as he came he did not see me lying in the brown fern under the holly and doubtless would have passed by if i had not hailed him on such a journey as engaged me then one grows instinctively shy of the professional tramp not one in a hundred has anything farther to recommend him than an occasional coarse or slinking humour and a more than occasional thirst but this tousle maned minstrel with the basket somehow appealed to my fancy i called to him that it was weary work travelling on such a blusterous morning and invited him to sit down with me a while and rest the song ceased the singer stopped looking at me for a moment in dark suspicion wild eyes he had and an undeniably dirty face he wore a black felt hat much battered and incredibly high in the crown loose triangular tatters fluttered all over him like the bunting on a dressed ship 
while he stood glowering at me the wind seized the hat and all but made off with it its owner recaptured it deftly in mid-air and crammed it down again over his ears but not before i had had an impressive view of an enormous dome-shaped bald head he still hesitated it is sheltered here said i persuading him it is warm and dry we are both solitary travellers and a man is all the better for a little company once in a way come sit you down and let us talk of life and love poverty and freedom old songs and old times and forget a while the wind the world and the devil it was a lucky hit a smile transfigured his dark face he drew suddenly nearer listen said he a hand tremulously raised i was singing it just now and i call it the golden gibbet god hid it deep in the kind dark earth the yellow devil made glittering dross unfired unminted nothing worth and satan mourned his loss i'd have made of it such a lurk quoth he as had lured all men to the gallows tree tis deep tis dark tis hard to find no mole is man to look for it there thus spake the serene eternal mind while there's living gold in the air green earth and azure and golden sun what can they buy sneered the evil one the devil he dug the whole world through but found only iron or copper or lead at length to the country churchyards drew and grubbed among the dead i never thought of sacred ground quoth satan now tis found tis found the golden gibbet groans in the wind widow and orphan are sore oppressed greed drives the coach and up behind vice stands in satin dressed gold coach gold scourge gold gallows tree but god's son gold for you and me he sang it in a voice husky yet rich and deep and well produced he beat time the while with his upraised hand when he had done he sat down beside me his lean fingers clasped round his knees you love music he asked suddenly after a mute interval ah if i had my guitar here and my voice but they are both gone years ago i did very well then made all my own songs and travelled far and wide singing my bread and butter out of people's pockets lord what a brave time that was 
now life is all silence and watercresses he was arranging the little green sodden bundles in his basket as he spoke he fell to humming absent-mindedly and gradually the humming became articulate he burst forth again if for a year and a day you were given the round earth sway the seat on the pearly throne all human souls for your own legions of angels to work your mind what would you do for poor mankind would you give back the dear lost dead to lonely hearts that bled youth to the stress of years joy to unquenching tears and love grown cold in the dust of the earth would you quicken it to a second birth to the starving children food grace to decrepitude sunlight to the blind faith to the doubting mind would you grant to the toiling throng and prayers the boon of eternal idleness nay through the din and strife you would see but the one ill life for loveless joyless poor world weary and heart sore guiltless pain and dwindling faith but the one true panacea death i had listened first with astonishment and then with a certain uncanny dread pricking in my scalp there was no mistaking the power of the man he sang quietly enough but with an underswirl of emotion breaking the calm surface of the music with fierce little cat's paw crests and the tune itself was all hopeless sadness it was pitched in a minor key with a drooping refrain at the end of each verse that took the very colour out of the sunshine come now i remonstrated sitting up uneasily you never won your bread and butter out of such mournful atheistic stuff as that and a guitar too why there is only one kind of song that could go with its passionate music was there no springtime and were there no lads and lasses in your day to call the tune it is true said he after a pause i made that song long after and the old guitar never heard it ah 
but it hurt a good many of the sort you mean there was one i you would not think i had ever been good-looking would you yes assuredly and full of hope and rich young blood never a doubt and all in all to a woman and she to me i was silent but he seemed to press for an answer well all these are links in the same chain of life and he caught me up a chain yes and the chain of life generally breaks doesn't it somewhere or other because there is always a weak link one could make a good song out of that he sat so long with his fingers hooked round his knees and his eyes on the horizon that i began to think that he had forgotten all about the old song in pursuit of the new but he came back to the subject presently yes that was a brave bit of work and many's the shower of coppers it drew but the first time i sang it i got more than money though there was only one to listen just make believe that you can hear the old guitar throbbing and sobbing and you'll understand it better he sat still as stone but for the heave of the rags on his breast the music in him welled up and overflowed i had never heard so restrained yet so passionate a delivery i must pass on the lonely road the stranger crowd for me if love but waved one rosy plume twere more than misery more than the strife of wind and rain the sleety tempest roar farewell sweet eyes of tender blue i dare not see you more wearily drearily why is the sun so bright if hearts but meet to part again twere better sullen night when first i saw your lily face amid the gaping crowd the song it died upon my lips my heart cried out aloud for home and ruddy ingle nook for joy of wife and child and never more to wander in the naked cheerless wild wearily drearily why shines the sun so bright if eyes but me to glance away twere better sullen night o snow-white maid of summer said why linger cruelly near i sing for bread and music bought and sold is doubly dear 
when all the april woods are blithe with heaven's music free why listen while a huckster drives his trade in melody wearily drearily o callous glittering light if hearts but meet to part again twere better sullen night the song is done the staring crowd have gone to home and in none but the dust-grime minstrel lingers on the village green none as he turns to wander on at plodding nomad's pace there are the eyes of tender blue the snow-pure lily face sweet and grave shyly brave o oh glad transforming light where love and pity interlave there's neither death nor night lie little shining silver piece on my heart for evermore stamped with a queen's head gift of a queen dearer than miser's store i'll sing for you i'll live for you in the same grave we will lie and wait till those eyes of tender blue win back to their native sky joyous rain love's refrain in storm or glad june light and love in the toil of the sodden lane the chill of the winter's night the words died away in the roar of the wind overhead long we sat together mute in the sunny tranquillity and then he changed a sigh into a cough <clears throat> the weak link he muttered it is always the weak link that spoils everything for it looks as strong as all the rest you never know till it breaks and the irrevocable has come to pass ay i must make a song out of that he was fumbling in his coat pocket while he spoke and now produced a hunk of bread and cheese done up in an old newspaper dinner time said he apologetically he talked on as he ate telling me tales of the road of his adventures of odd people he had met but he said no word more about the maid of somerset and i could not question him when he had finished his meal he stretched himself out on the grass and fell to studying the newspaper with that curious hat like a heavy gun projectile pulled down over his eyes as for me i sat in the warm sun considering many things it was a little black box of a cart which i now beheld creeping down the road towards us that finally got me out of my difficulty as it drew nearer i saw that the man sitting in it 
was as black as the cart and the pony in the shafts perhaps the blackest of the three it was a chimney sweep going his country rounds and now luckily wending in my direction i scrambled to my feet i must be going now said i to the whilom minstrel for here comes my carriage shall we do a little trade together by way of good-bye will you sell me that newspaper he looked at what i held out to him and hesitated but it is quite worth it to me i urged getting hot all over you shall see it will save me double and treble its cost hi will you give me a lift along the road the sweep pulled up with a broad grin there's room he said and soot bags is soft to sit on ah that bain't an ill notion ye'll ride clean enough now the newspaper was a twenty-paged one it would have lined the whole cart if that had been needed i made a travelling rug as well as a cushion cover of it and away we went i found the sweep communicative enough on the matter of his own calling at any other time i should have been glad to learn all i could about a trade of which i knew only little but my head was still full of the maid of somerset i could hear nothing but that yearning ardent music and think only of the story but half revealed to me by the words of the song in this preoccupied state of mind we had ambled along some miles before it occurred to me to ask whither we were going down by lilcurt returned the sweep in rather an injured tone guessing apparently for the first time my indifference to his conversation down by where i asked brought suddenly to attention lilcurt repeated the sweep more shortly than ever little cot that is where you see they red chimney pots and the flag flyin so i was close to the place where lived my little postmistress clara and as yet i had formed no plans had given hardly a thought to the matter of my promise to the lovesick groom the day before farley monument and the watercress man had driven the thing completely out of my mind End of chapter seventeen